414 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Little fine young cannibals for you. Just because I like this song. It's got nothing to do with our next guest. Mike Dunlop, who is in studio with us right now. He uh, he doesn't he doesn't have headphones on, so he doesn't even know what I was dancing around to. That was the fine young cannibals, man. Patrick, I wish it was Foo Fighters. Oh, I could have done that for I you. Know. That's right. You went to the big show. I was there, and it was awesome. Yeah, it was fantastic. I've been a Foo Fighter fan for I have to say that three times real fast yeah. for many years, and I used to teach some spinning classes. Yeah, and you can. I had a lot of Foo Fighters on my playlist, and so I really relish the chance to come back to Sioux Falls to see them. Yeah, so uh, Mike Dunlop is a guy who, you grew up here? Yeah, I did. Yep. I actually grew up just west of Sioux Falls, out on 41st Street, went to a little one-room country school, believe it or not. Really? You ever watch Little House on the Prairie? Oh, yeah. I can relate to that. And they finally closed the thing down in 1970, and I got bused to Lenox, South Dakota. We were in the Lenox School District, so I actually attended Lenox High School up and graduated in 75. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and so you went on to, you went to South Dakota State? Yeah, ran for the Jacks. Yeah, I, that's I was too bad. Yeah. You can't... You, you didn't come back just for the uh, state U week, but you know, yeah. are you leaving town before that? For that, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, I have to leave tomorrow. But I swung by uh, South Dakota State University yesterday. I was up there uh, visiting my sister. lives in Hendricks, Minnesota. So I stopped at SDSU with my daughter, who was a USD grad. Nice. Uh, we, have, my mother, her mother, and I have finally forgiven her. Uh, her her older sister also forgave. We all were state grads, and so we had to have one black sheep of the family. No, that's but beautiful. She, one one foot in reality. Yeah, that's so, what we like. So we 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 toured the campus, and and she she honored my request not to wear any USD red as we toured. And so we actually got through the campus unscathed, but it was awesome to go back up there and to see all the changes of yep. uh, the athletic department. We stopped in and visited with Rod DeHaven, the head cross country and track yep. coach. And I've known Rod for many years. And so it was really a treat. He gave us a great tour and yeah. a lot of fun. So you went to South Dakota state and you were a runner. I did. Yeah. And you weren't just a runner. Oh, you were a pretty good runner. We, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I had a passion for running and, and yep. just loved the sport. And, uh, and had the good fortune to go to South Dakota State. Had a great group of team uh, teammates up there, and we had a really good tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking of traditions, uh, like Lincoln Patriots, mm-hmm. Roosevelt Rough Riders, all these teams have really you know established themselves in the Midwest as having outstanding distance runners. And and so yeah, the opportunity to go to South Dakota State was something that I'll relish forever. Went back and did my graduate degree there as well. So I Jeez, feel like you I was, really did drink. The I was there forever, and so as I toured the campus, I mean the memories were just flowing back. But many good relationships many good friendships out of that yeah so you when were you there when did you i was head, there from you, 75 to 80 i okay. crammed four years of college into five nice work yep, yep and then i went back to grad school from 82 through 83 yep. and you know to this day some of my closest relations i met my wife there and yep. so you know you kind of wonder how life you know deals you your cards and and i got a pretty good hand getting yeah. to go to south Dakota. State. yeah so what was the what do you think you ran your entire uh, college career, right? Mm-hmm. What What was the highlight for you? Oh, tell, yeah. give it, tell us why, Mike. <laughs> the tell, glory give, days. Give us the best yeah. day. Can you Mike? play a little Bruce Springsteen for me? Yeah, or something there you like go. That. Well, you know, we had just outstanding teams there, and, and I'm going to do some name dropping. You know, Mike and Mark Bills were Lincoln High School graduates, and they were state champions, and I was the same age as they were, but I was in Class A, and they yeah. were Class AA. And so uh, when they committed to South Dakota State University, and I was still kind of on the fence, and I... I wanted to run with the best, and so I also committed to go to South Dakota State. And, and I tell you, those were some, some great years. We got another t- a group of twin brothers, uh, 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 Joel and Paul Brandt out of Clear Lake, South mm-hmm. Dakota, 
tough little nuts. I tell you, these guys are wrestlers and mm-hmm. runners, and we loved wrestlers on our team because those guys never said die. No, I mean, they never stop. They never stop. Then we we got a, a junior college transfer one year by the ni- name of a guy named Dick Beardsley. Yeah. And uh, Dick and I were long lost uh, kindred spirits and we right. hit it off right from the get go, became best friends and we're still friends to this day. And you work with Dick a little bit, don't you? He has a famous camp. He does. You know, we, we did the, the Dick Beardsley marathon training camp. You know, a lot of running camps are out there. He's our camp, his camp. We call it, you know, when you have the name Dick Beardsley, you want to use that name as much as possible. It's his camp. And it's specifically for marathoners. Mm-hmm. Um, we and, actually, and you have to tell people why Dick Beardsley, oh, why you yes. having that name Any, is important. What did he do? Anybody who has access to YouTube, go to YouTube and, and type in under subject, uh, Duel in the Sun. Uh, Duel in the Sun, for any runner is familiar with that, was the classic duel between Dick Beardsley and Alberto Salazar at the 1982 Boston Marathon. It's called Duel in the Sun because... It was a perfect day to watch a marathon. (laughs) It was not a perfect day to run a marathon. It may have started fairly tepid in the 60s, but it was approaching in the 80s by the end of that race. And these two American boys, basically, they're in their mid-20s. They're Mm -hmm. 25, 26, I think, at at that time hooked up. Alberto Salazar was the world record holder, and Dick Beardsley had a 209 marathon coming into it. And Salazar had never been beaten a marathon, and so nobody really you know, gave Beardsley a chance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Dick was on fire that day. And, and basically, if you watch the video, you'll see Dick led basically the entire marathon until the last half mile. And I can't do the race justice as, as Dick does, but the video does. He, he fell behind, he got a cramp and Salazar gapped him. And usually in a marathon, if you get gapped at the end of Stone. a race, you're not coming back. And, um, as Dick says, uh, he worked out that cramp. He found a strength that he'd never, a kick he never had before. And he closed the gap and, and uh, with about 200 meters to go, they were dead even. And so uh, it's, it's every marathoner's nightmare to get to the last yeah. 200 meters of a marathon and have to sprint. Yeah. And Dick will admit it, Alberto out-sprinted him to the finish and, and beat him by two seconds. Oh, my. They both broke 209. No race previous to that had any runners ever, two runners in the same race broken two hours and nine minutes. And um, it, it's, it's, it's a classic. They actually wrote a book called Duel in the Sun. Uh, John Bryant uh, was the writer um, the story was just so amazing that they wrote a book about it. Yeah. So uh, if anybody wants to go to YouTube and type, it's about a nine-minute clip. Now, you have That's to cool. remember, 1982, the technology, fairly limited. Yeah. It's like a eight-millimeter movie out of the back end of a moving car. Oh, wow. But I tell you, the uh, it, it's still worth the view. And uh, I watched it a hundred times, and I still cheer for Dick to beat him at the end. Every time, I'm hoping something will change. But, yeah, uh, well, great. I think uh, Uber producer Dan Peters, he can post that up on our uh, oh, do, do. on our Twitter account. I'm, I'm trying to get, I, 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 we have an affirmative, Duel in the Sun. Oh. He'll see if he can find it. And, we'll, we'll and actually, it. they put a soundtrack to Streets with No Name of YouTube on it. Oh, cool. And uh, that building, that organ yeah. in the back, it, it's just, it brings hair on the back of my neck, stands up yeah. right now just yeah. thinking about it. Wow. So it's worth it. We're talking with Mike Dunlop. He is a former Sioux Falls resident who has come home to... Uh, we're going to talk about this award that you're giving at Lincoln High School, the Alan Stratemeyer Award, in just a minute, um, probably after the news. But uh, you're back in town for the award that's tomorrow night, right? It's tonight. Tonight, I'm tonight sorry. Tonight at 6.30, we're out of Callaway's. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. That's a, and that's a good story in and of itself. So you you and Dick went to college together. Correct. And so he goes on and runs sub-209 <laughs> marathon. Correct. And... Uh, after that, how, but you yeah. were still running yeah. at this time. You're still I, training. This was, you know, it was the early 80s, and the running boom was still in full blast. And I graduated and just kept running. You know, Dick and I talk about it. We don't see a lot of post-collegiate athletes anymore. Yeah. 
carrying on. And, and, you know, our best years were after we got out of college. Your, your body's still maturing. You're getting stronger. Hopefully, you might actually be getting a little smarter. And, yeah, I kept running. And, and I was lucky enough, uh, Dick got sponsored by the New Balance Shoe Company. I actually signed a two-year contract with the Brooks Shoe Company. Really? So I ran for the Brooks Shoe Company from 1982 to 1984. And I didn't get rich quick. It was basically a, a uh, shoe sponsorship, travel sponsorship. There was yeah. no money involved. But I ran a, a 218 marathon, qualified for the 80 and 84 Olympic trials. And so uh, I was kind of living the running dream. Uh, I worked here in Sioux Falls from 80, 80 to 82 for Neil Graff. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you're familiar the with The athletic Neil. attic? Uh, yeah, athletic attic. And Neil was a Lincoln High School graduate, right. one of the best athletes uh, South Dakota ever turned yeah, out. Yeah, played in the NFL. He did, five years. And so, uh, and Super a very, Bowl winner. Uh, very Sup- nice man. That's right. He's yeah. got a Super Bowl ring. Oh, he, uh, he's got many great stories. He, you know, when you think of the people that Neil got to hang out with. But Neil and his wife opened up Athletic Attic, and for two years— uh, I worked for them, and it was, you know, living the runner's dream, working at a running shop, mm-hmm. running races around the United States, mm-hmm. um, training our, our, our minds out, basically, mm-hmm. and loving every minute of it. Yeah, uh, and at some point then, well, and you, you also went, when did Rod DeHaven show up there? You know, Rod graduated from high school in 1984, so he was a little generation behind us, but then he went to South Dakota State, and so you talk about exciting, as, as we alumni kind of watched you know, I followed a guy named Gary Bentley, who uh, mm. was a, an Australian who ran in the early 70s for SDSU and was just an outstanding runner and kind of set the bar very high for the rest of us. But that was that was a good thing. And the Bills brothers, Beardsleys, I like to think our teams in the late 70s, we had two runner-up national championships. We, we finished second in the nation our junior and senior years. And, um, you know, one of those things we look back and, and when you finish second, and I know the Lincoln High School teams this year finished second mm-hmm. in the men and women uh, AA division, uh, the state cross-country championship. And my message to them is, if you gave 100% on that day, and that was the result you ended up with, you have nothing to hang your head, keep your head up, go over and pat your competitor on the back and thank them for for raising their game uh, just a little higher maybe than you were able to that day. But that's what you use next time then to beat them. So, but DeHaven, if people don't know, Rod DeHaven went on and was actually the American representative in the Olympics. Sydney. In 2000, yeah, yep. he was the only marathon represented we have because we kind of hit a lull there in yeah. marathoning. Salazar, Beersley, a lot of those guys, that was the crest of a, a huge wave of runners. And then for some reason, and, and that's, that's still discussed to this day, uh, the low mileage mm-hmm. uh, mentality kind of came in because a lot of us did probably overtrain, had a lot of injuries and that sort of thing. And so people cut back on that, but we kind of saw performances dipping and the U.S. only qualified one athlete for the Sydney Olympics, and it was Rod DeHaven from Huron, South Dakota, South Dakota State University. Yeah, and nothing against Rod and his race. The, oh, no. The time, if you read, uh, there's the book about the barefoot running. Mm. What's the book called? I can't remember what uh, it's called. But yeah. it's, he's in there, but because it, just because of this, his time wasn't didn't meet the minimum time. It wasn't. But he had the best time in the United States. He did. He won the trials, I think it was a two-hour and 15-minute marathon. Yeah. Rod had a 211 uh personal best, which is five minute miles. And I, I yeah. don't know if any of your listeners you know, know anything about running, but you know, that's 75 seconds for one time around a track, a 400 yeah. meter track. And so I like to tell people sometimes, just go to the track, start your stopwatch and run one lap and see mm-hmm. if you can do it in 75 seconds. And if you can now imagine doing that for 26 miles. Yeah, yeah. It's like riding your bike at a fairly decent, like a casual, but decent pace. <laughs> Five minutes a mile, that's urban biking. It is. 12 miles an hour is a nice, comfortable bike ride. But yeah. on the road running, it is basically all about as fast as you can go. Yeah, that's brutal. Um, so we're going to come right back with uh, Mike Dunlop, and we're going to talk about the event tonight at Lincoln and get that story, which is also very good. So you're going to want to stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 
433 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And a little uh, U2, Sunday Bloody Sunday. And, uh, you know, that one's appropriate for our guest, Mike Dunlop, as we continue our conversation, because Sunday, bloody Sunday. Sunday's always long run day, right? It was a 20-miler all through college. We, you know, every, we coach, every week? Every Sunday. Well, through cross-country, through the fall, not so much in the track season. Cause, but cross-country, we were running five miles to 10K races, and our coach at the time was a former marathoner, and he trained us like marathoners. He turned out a lot of great marathoners. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, have you done... you? Your running career kind of ended for by injury. Eventually, yeah. you just yep. wore down. Yep. But so you never really got into the whole trail running craze. No, you know, I, I ran from 1971 to 1991. I had a 20-year running career. And then uh, repetitive knee injuries, I basically have no cartilage left in my left knee, forced me onto a bicycle. And, you know, at first I was resistant to get on a bike because bikes are a hassle. They got flat tires, greasy chains, that sort of thing. Bikes are sweet, man. Bikes are the way to go because it's so <laughs> body friendly. And I was able to regain that same, uh, the endorphin high that yep. I got from running, I got I get from cycling. Yeah. And I've been doing that for 26 years. Now, uh, I want to talk just briefly about the Alan Stratemeyer Award. Is yeah. you, As you said, you went to Lennox. Yep. This is a, an award given to a runner at uh, Lincoln High School in Sioux Falls yep. Yep. the last 35 years. Yep. Where'd this war, what are the origins here and what's your oh, connection? It's really good. You know, Rich Greeno was the coach uh, and when I was in high school and he was a coach for, when Alan Stratmeyer. Alan Stratmeyer started his running career at Lennox. When I was a senior in high school, he was a seventh grader and he showed up for cross country practice because, as you know, in the smaller schools, the junior high kids can run for the high school. Right. So that's kind of unique. And uh, I really didn't know him that much, but towards the end of the season, we had our regional meet. And I just, my first memory of Alan is him coming up to the varsity. Only the varsity gets, gets to run at the regional. He was so enthusiastic. He was just bouncing and going, God, I'd give anything if I could run today. I wish I was running with you guys. Mm -hmm. This is a little seventh grader who barely could run JV. And I remember laughing and thinking, this guy is something special. And I I said, Al, you know, you keep working. You're going to be varsity someday. And if you keep working like you are, you've got a lot of potential. Little did I know that two years later, he would finish as Lennox's number one runner at the state meet, finishing 25th as a ninth grader. His family moved to Sioux Falls then into the, the Lincoln School District. So he showed up at Lincoln High School as a sophomore. Now, all through this period, I was training with Al. I'd be home on weekends, and because of our Lennox relationship, mm-hmm. we kept, he was one of the few, he was the only athlete in Lennox who would run in the offseason with me. That was back before running was something you did year-round. And, yeah. and so he and I had a real close bond, became very close friends. And he showed up at Lincoln High School, and in his first race as a Lincoln Patriot, won the race as a sophomore. He got a lot of attention, and so I, I'm going to share some of these stories tonight because, unfortunately, Alan had a great running career at Lincoln. Three years, uh, two state championships uh, for the team, uh, graduated, and he and his family moved to the West Coast. And he, he was tragically killed in a car wreck in early 1981. Oh, really? Just turned 19 years old. He just graduated. He had finished his first semester at a junior college out there. And, and Rich Greeno and Al had a close relationship. And, and in 1982, Rich started the, the Alan Stratmeyer Award. And it's given to an athlete who exhibits... Above and beyond the normal amounts of enthusiasm, passion, commitment to, act, to, to running mm-hmm. that Al exhibited. And so uh, I was at that first presentation, and, his, and Al's father, uh, Dr. Elvin Stratmeyer, came back from California and presented the very first Al Stratmeyer Award in 1982. Um, both Dr. Stratmeyer and I had kind of lost track. They were on the West Coast. I had moved out of state by then. And, 
And um, they're still giving the award, and Dr. <laughs> Strutmeyer and his wife will be there tonight. Oh, wow. And, and it's going to be really, it's going to be an emotional for me, because these were like parents, Al was at my house half the time, I was at his house right. half the time. So this award, I, and I, you know, has been going on for 35 years, and, and I, I doubt too many people in the audience will know who Al Strutmeyer was as a person. They right. didn't know him. There may be a few parents out there that- 35 years is a long time. It is. So I've got a PowerPoint, a, a slide, a slide presentation, basically of a lot of photos and a lot of stories, and I, I'm hoping to give uh, the the parents and the and the, the teams a little taste of why Al Strautmeyer is special and what we can learn from him. Yeah, um, we're talking with Mike Dunlop. He is in town to present the Alan Strautmeyer Award, and he's a longtime endurance athlete, originally from the area, now living in North Carolina. Yes, New Bern, home mm-hmm. of Pepsi Cola. Really? Yeah. Well, Pepsi was invented in Newburgh, North Carolina. There you go. But uh, how long have you been gone? Not that long. Five years. That long? Yeah, it goes wow. by for quick. Um, so this award tonight, it's at Lincoln High School, yes? Yeah, it's going to be at Callaway's at 630. Oh, I'm sorry. Callaway's at 630? Mm-hmm. Um, and if folks are interested in the presentation, can they slip in and I watch? I have no or? idea. Okay. Well, we're, <laughs> just, we're just going to leave that where it is then. Um, so you, uh, this award, the other interesting thing about this is that Rich Greeno has yeah passed away it's going to be a bittersweet night for me i you know i kind of found out about the award we and eric pooley the coach and i communicated about a year ago and and he said we'd love to have you come mike and do this award and i said i you know i'll I'll be there and i was so looking forward to seeing rich again um rich and i met in 1972 believe it or not and and uh, at a running camp that he was Mm. a coach at and and so uh, rich had coached me uh in the summers uh for my high school career at this running camp three years in a row and and I would see him at all the races. And what I always appreciate about Rich, I was class A. He, they were class double A. Mm-hmm. He would still, he'd cheer for us. He'd be out there after their race was done or if their race hasn't been run yet. He'd be out there supporting us. And then in road races over the years, we'd always seek each other out, catch up on old times. And so I was looking forward to that again. And unfortunately, you know, with Rich passed uh, last March. Mm-hmm. Uh, it left leaves a big hole, I know, in my heart and a lot of the runners in this yeah. area. Well, he coached at Lincoln for many, many years, had a lot of really good teams. They Fantastic teams. They had a long tradition uh, of running at Lincoln High School and then retired. And it was, I think he was part-time at USF. It's like he showed up he at USF stop. one day and said, can I help you guys out? Yeah. And they were like, are you kidding me? And he almost got a full-time gig there, it sounded like. Ended so. up running the joint. Yeah. Uh, my great, the only... I have a, one great memory about Rich, and, and I didn't have that much connection with him, but I used to work for the Parks and Rec Department in the summers in college, and they have the Hershey track meets. Yes. And uh, he and his son would mm-hmm. run those track meets yep. as a, a part-time job. And I didn't know anything about track, so they said, do you want to announce? Fantastic. <laughs> and so I announced track meets. And it's true that sometimes I would get a little ambitious. Ah, but, know, Rick, did, but Rich never uh, never came down on me. In the early 70s, he had developmental track meets every Wednesday night yep. at the Lincoln track. No charge. I would never miss them. And, you know, we cut our teeth, you know, week after week after week, learning how to race, you know, mm-hmm. with Rich's guidance and, and the fact that he gave us the opportunity. He also had the road race series. Uh, I don't know if they do that in the summer, but on Monday nights, mm-hmm. he uh, the Parks and Rec would sponsor yep. a road race, and it usually was out of Lincoln High School, and I hardly ever missed one of those. And so yeah. just many great opportunities to learn how to run successfully. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk more with Mike Dunlop, and we're going to get into a little bit of cycling for those folks out there who want to... Now, this is when it gets really nuts, right? Mike, you know, yeah, I tell okay. you, I thought runners are crazy. Cyclists yeah. are worse. Here it goes. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. 4.43 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are returning to a very 
lively and interesting conversation about uh, athletics, you know, crazy sort of endurance athletics. And we're going to get into a little bit more of that with Mr. Mike Dunlop. And he is in town for the uh, Alan Stratemeyer Award, which he's going to present tonight at Callaway's. It goes to the Lincoln High School runner each of the last 35 years who who best uh, uh, exemplifies the spirit of Mr. Stratemeyer, who passed away in 1981. But uh, so... Mike, we talked about it briefly earlier. Uh, I said that uh, you, you mentioned that in 1991 you had to give up running. Right. And you turned to the bike. Right. And brought that same sort of uh, dedication to it. Um, obsession, I'd be the word I think. Ob- most obsession my is say, yeah. Which, um, so when you started riding, did you th- what did you think of it? You know, what, did you think I'm going to make this into my new running or what was I it? I did. I did. I, I really, I converted over. I never looked back and, and people say, don't you run a little bit for fun? And I said, I can't. I, I, my knee won't let me run and it took all the fun out of running. But cycling, I have no issues with that. And so I kind of converted over to the criterium, the road racing, kind of like I was doing with running. Mm-hmm. Now it's just a little longer event, tactics, you have teammates, you know, you have a bike. So equipment is more... Uh, I started off with a $100 bike, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Do I need to tell you how many bikes I now own and what their total value is more than my car? And oh, you've got spokes that might. <laughs> I, I have wheel sets that cost $2,000. Yeah, but exactly. anyway, and so I kind of got obsessed with that. And that was, it was a lot of fun traveling around the Midwest doing mm-hmm. road races and meeting. Uh, and we all should get jerseys to say the old broken down runners bicycle club. Oh, I know. Because so many of us cyclists that are kind of getting up long in the tooth were former runners who can't do it anymore. And. But in, in um, about 10 years ago, when I hit 50, I, I, my wife hates me to tell this story, but I, I, I think I had a midlife crisis in that um, I kind of realized I'm getting closer to the end than I am at the beginning. And, and I enrolled in, a, uh, in an event called the Gut Check. Mm-hmm. It's a race across South Dakota. And I always blame Jay Trobeck because every time I'd see that darn weather forecast, he'd throw out that state of South Dakota. Mm-hmm. And there it is. It's just kind of like, wow. That's 212. Gonna, yeah, Highway 212 from one side to the other. 412 miles. And so the first year I was, I said, I'm not going to ride now, just, 400. Just a second now. Yeah. You also have to tell people that the gut check is all the way across South Dakota. It's 412 miles from in, the west. Yeah. In 48 hours. You have to do it under 48 hours. And it's uh, always ran from west to east, from the Wyoming border to the Minnesota border. Yep. So a, a friend of mine named Phil Tao, Phil's a Sioux Falls resident. Yep. And uh, Phil and I said, let's do the two-person relay. He rode the first 200 miles. I rode the second 200 miles into a stiff headwind. 200 miles into a stiff, mm-hmm. probably, I'm not exaggerating, 10 to 15 mile an hour headwind. It took me 13 and a half hours to do my, t- I ended up riding 215 miles because of road construction. Anyway, and loved it. Mm-hmm. I actually, I was, I mean, tired, yes, toasted, yes. But I really, it really turned me on. So the next year I came back and did the whole thing by myself in like 22 hours. Came back a few years later and did it again. I did the Helen back. Did you do Helen back? Double crossing, yeah. Which is 65 hours. Which is twice. You do a cross, you turn around and go back and go back to the other side. And so um, you do, and people go, well, in that 20, that 400 mile ride, how often do you just stop and sleep? I said, you don't stop and sleep. It's a race. Now, in the 824 mile event, yeah, I stopped and slept. And in fact, I had some bad weather. I took about a six hour sleep break, and, and that got me through. But because of that, I was. I thought, you know, this race across America, if I'm ever going to do it, it's, and now, for those you, that don't know. Now you just introduce, just a second. Yeah. We're talking with Mike Dunlop. He is a, a, a former Sioux Falls resident, endurance athlete, and he's about to tell us about one uh, of the craziest things in the world, the race across America. It is insane. It's a, it's a 3,000-mile bike race across the United States. Uh, on, you, you have support, but you can't draft. Um, it's, it's by yourself, and the, the, the hardest part is you only have a 12-day limit. You cannot 
take like a month and let's mm-hmm. do this event. Uh, you have a time limit. And so you always have that monkey on your back. And so I thought, what the heck, let's do it. My analogy of this, it didn't end well. I, do, I dropped out after about 750 miles. My analogy is it'd be like running a really good 5K, yeah. a really good 5K, and saying, you know, I'm going to do a marathon. Yeah. I'm ready for a marathon. And I had done some really good 24-hour events, mm-hmm. and I made this leap up to the, to the Race Across America. And it didn't end well, and that was really hard for me because I'm kind of a goal-oriented, success-oriented yep. person. So I came back, did the double crossing of South Dakota about two months after my dropout to kind of get my pride back. And then I went back the next year and did the race across the West, which is from Oceanside, California to Durango, 860 miles with about 50,000 feet of climbing. No short little uh, jaunt you have three day, or You have about three and a half days time limit. And I, w- I completed that. But my physiology, I really struggled with what's called third spacing in both events where you start retaining fluids. You're trying to hydrate, so you don't mm-hmm. want to dehydrate. But my electrolytes then in my body, potassium, zinc, all these trace elements, if they get out of whack, your body to save itself will start diluting. Your blood's getting too dilute. It starts shunting fluids into what's called the third space, the intracellular space. I gained 20 pounds of fluid in raw. I finished the event. It was 20 pounds heavier than when I finished oh, when I started. God. I was having trouble breathing because of the fluid in my abdomen and stuff. And, and uh, you kind of, people listening to this are probably thinking, why in the world would anybody want to take yeah. that on? And you don't know if you can do it until you try. And not everybody has those kind of problems. And right. I've been told with better nutrition, better planning, and I could probably overcome that. And so my wife shudders at the thought that someday I might actually consider going back and attempting <laughs> the race across. My family that assisted me have all said, never again. They're not doing it. Yeah. But I might have to pay a crew to do it then or something. Yeah. Patrick, you're on. <laughs> I'm recruiting you right now. So. Uh, well, you probably know Dan Jensen, who is uh, Dan's a great guy. Uh, I've local Dan, yeah. uh, athlete and uh, Vietnam vet. Uh, who lost his leg in Vietnam, but he has tried to get me to go crew for him a couple times yeah. because he does the multiple Ironmans, yeah. the DECA Ironmans and the, all that. And that's... That, you know, it's... it's every you sound crazy. Has, yeah, I know, and everybody <laughs> has... You know, I think it's exciting. I think life is, is about challenges. And, and so, um, you know, Nick, the athletes tonight are going to hear about that. You know, when you, when you connect with what's important to you, that's called enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the other thing is if you want to change your thinking, change your focus... Um, when I'm out there doing these events and really struggling at three in the morning in a 24 hour mm-hmm. event where you still have four hours to go, you've been on the bike for 20 hours. You know what I, my, my thought is Al Strautmeyer would love this. Yeah. He'd be right here next to me. He'd be cheering me on. And when I think those kind of thoughts, it really refocuses my thinking to like, mm-hmm. you can do this. You have no excuse. Keep going. And so, you know, when you reach it, when you, when you want to change your thinking, just, just change your focus. Because so much of it is your oh, it's mind, a mental game. Your mind over your body. Yeah. So when you can call upon those relationships, those experiences, those individuals in your life that you've seen do things like this, they're inspirational and they get you through. Yeah. Uh, briefly in the time we have left, you ha- you need to tell us. So you moved to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, man? Well, you know, I'm a, a exercise physiologist, which is a big fancy word for an exercise therapist. Yeah. And I've been doing that for about 30 years, and I manage uh, cardiac and pulmonary rehab. So I work with patients that have had a major, uh, either a coronary, a cardiac event, or have pulmonary disease. And it's one of the most rewarding jobs a person could have in your life because I get to turn people on to exercise that most of the time have never exercised before, have had a near-death experience now. That's what you call motivation, by the way. Yeah. And so they're looking for help. And to be an individual who can step into their life and, and, and um, one of the things, I, I heard a definition of a hero. I'm not calling myself a hero, but I heard this definition is that a hero is somebody who creates a safe space for others. And I thought about, you know, if I can help create a safe space for somebody by teaching them how to take better care of themselves, by being a friend, by being a sounding board, 
um, you know, it's, it's, I work with a group of nurses and therapists that are crazy <laughs> because, you know, patients are very intimidated with exercise mm-hmm. and we make it fun. Yeah. Uh, we take the, the burden, you know, I tell my patients right up front, you ever heard of no pain, no gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a sports analogy. That's not health and fitness. My, and my theory is no pain, no pain. Yeah. You should feel better when you get done with your exercise session, not worse. And it, uh, you know what? And I, I'm sure you have multiple examples of this it can save your life. Oh, Save mine. You know, and, and not only your physical health, but there's your mental and spiritual health. And people forget about that, and it's just as important. And I think exercise is such a huge component there that we kind of give it lip service. But, you know, I just saw the, the American Heart Association is lowering the blood pressure standards mm-hmm. now for what is hypertension From stuff. 140 to 130 exactly. on the top. Exactly. You know, and I, I just saw that in the paper. I've been away from my work for a week, and I kind of lost track. And, and, you know, a lot of that people say, well, how do I lower my blood pressure? And, and 95% of blood pressure is it's, it's, it's called idiopathic. We don't know. We don't know what's causing it. A lot of it is psychological. It's, a lot of it can be spiritual. There's things going on in our mind that is affecting us physically. Exercise is a great tool to help us to mediate some of those effects of stress, of anxiety, of the li- hectic lifestyle we have. And so, you know, to help people kind of get an understanding of that and help incorporate it into their lives, it can be, it can be life-altering. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Dunlop, I really appreciate you coming by and squeezing us into your schedule while you're back. Um, and have fun tonight at the awards. And it's going to con- be great. Congratulations to whatever Lincoln High School runner is the Al Stratton. I can't wait to meet him because I know I'm going to like him. Yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, we hope to have, next time you come back, you'll have to come in again. Oh, I'd love to. All right. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.